everyone. You're listening to The Wellness Project. I'm your host, Des, and we are powered by Spotlight Coalition. Today is an episode near and dear to my heart. I'm speaking with Julie Marty Pearson about pet loss and grief. For those of you in my community that follow me on any social media that I have, you will know that I am a crazy cat lady and major, major animal lover. And if you're listening to my podcast right now, you know that I am a social worker and work in the field of mental health. Julie has her doctorate in psychology, and her love of animals inspired her to start her own podcast, The Story of My Pet. Julie has also started a grief coaching program for pet parents who have lost their fur babies or are dealing with fur babies who are terminally ill. So that's something we talk about a lot in the podcast as well is anticipatory grief because that's the stage I'm in right now with my cat, Lily. She's elderly and has a lot of health issues, so that's something that weighs on me heavily. Because of Julie's background in psychology, her love of animals, her podcast, and her grief coaching program, I thought she was the perfect person to talk with about pet loss and grief. I just want to warn you ahead of time, I do mute myself a lot of the time that Julie is speaking, but I didn't think to do it in the beginning for some reason, but I have three foster cats right now. I have Mama Cat, who I just got spayed for somebody. She does have an owner, and she had four kittens, so while I was out rescuing cats and getting them spayed and neutered, I did ask the owner if I could get her spayed. So she did get spayed a few days ago, but she's just recovering right now. I don't want to give her back until her stitches are really healed, so she's in the room with me, but I also have Marlo and Mason who are little baby kittens and they're in their crate because they're having some gastrointestinal issues. So the three of them are in the room behind me. The two kittens are in the crate, but they're playing a lot. They're playing in their litter. You could hear their balls jingling and everything. And at one point, Mama Cat, she was playing. She's free just to roam throughout the room. She was running around and she slammed into my screen that's right behind me. So I'm sorry. I did try to mute myself a good amount but you can definitely hear them wreaking havoc in the background. But it's okay because today's episode is all about pets, so we can forgive them for this one. All right, grab a box of tissues and let's get into it. Help me welcome Julie Marty Pearson. All right, everyone, I am here with Julie. Julie, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you so much, Des, for having me. I'm excited. Yeah, and I was on your podcast, so it's so great talking with you again. This is going to be such a great, I was going to say fun conversation, but probably not fun is the wrong word. (laughs) Informative. Yes, informative and great conversation. I'm really looking forward to it. Today we are talking about dealing with grief and loss of a pet, um, but also anticipatory grief, because that's kind of the stage I'm in right now. And I feel like not a lot of people really talk about anticipatory grief. And I feel like pet grief and loss is becoming a more popular talking point. I see it a lot more in the media, on social media. So I thought it would be great for us to have a conversation about that today. Yes, that, that is a very good topic. It is definitely a growing topic. I too see it much more on social media than even a year or two ago. I think with the pandemic, things have really changed. People have become more aware of how precious time is and the time we have with people and with our pets. And also for so many of us, it's been a lot of time at home during the pandemic and maybe still are. For me, I still work at home. You know, we spend a lot more time with our pets now than maybe we used to. So I think that we're developing longer connections, stronger connections, which is amazing. But then it also makes it a lot more difficult when we are going through a health issue with our pet or a diagnosis or ultimately the loss of a pet. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I totally agree. And I think also, um, you know, a lot of people are having kids a lot later. A lot of people are not having kids. So especially for those people like me who don't have kids and don't plan on having kids, my pets have kind of become my children. Like they are considered to be my family. And I think just the way over time that we view pets have changed. Because, you know, it used to be like, oh, there was an animal in your house or in your backyard. And I just feel like that's shifted a lot. And now it's 
people are dressing up their pets. There's people walking their cats, taking all their animals on hikes. They have little strollers for their cats that they take around. So I think just even our mindset about pets and what it means to have a pet has shifted as well. I totally agree. I too am not a human mom. I'm a fur mom only and I will not have children. So I completely identify with you and so many other women and men who, whether they've chosen to or their life has just led them to only having pets. Our pets really are our babies. They are our family. Uh, One research study I was reading recently said that 95% of pet owners consider their pets a part of their family. And that was up at least 5% from the last time they'd done the study. So I think it really has changed. I think there's a lot of factors, whether it be the pandemic, whether it be younger generations being more invested in their pets. And like we've said, treating them like our kids and, you know, seeing a cat in a stroller or in a backpack or something isn't that uncommon anymore. Whereas even maybe five years ago, it was like, Um, you're a crazy cat lady. I think the stigma and a lot of that has started to lessen. Oh, exactly. Oh, yes, definitely. And now it's so funny when, you know, my boyfriend and I, we travel a lot and we've noticed that in the last few years, when you go to the airport, it's like a zoo. It's like an animal shelter. There's just cats and dogs and just bunnies. There's just animals everywhere. (laughs) So people are traveling a lot more with their pets now. And there's all these Instagram accounts that are dedicated to a person's pet. And so it's really, it's really interesting because, you know, you see the change. And like you said, even just within the last few years, I've, I've seen a big change. For sure. I started my first Instagram account for my cat Frenchie in 2016. And at the time, I was shocked to see how many pet accounts there were on social media, but oh my gosh, it's probably increased 10 times that by for now. Um, I'm constantly finding more and more and more accounts, whether it's someone just showing off their amazing fur family or people promoting products or services or, you know, amazing rescue groups. It's just really amazing. I think the increase in social media has also impacted that and everyone just loves sharing their pets with people. Oh, yeah, it's so funny because I follow a shelter on I well, I follow quite a few shelters on Instagram. And it's so funny. They'll post like, oh, this cat or this dog was adopted and their fur mama or fur daddy made them an Instagram account. Go follow them. I see those all that I just saw one yes. today. So it's so funny. So it's like you adopt the pet and then and you, you make- instantly make them an Instagram account. <laughs> Yes, I I don't know how many accounts that's how like people I follow with groups and they adopt out and then they've made an account, you know, and it's like it's like this. It's like the snowball effect of just adding more and more. And I just love it because I love people feeling so comfortable and free to share the love of their pets because they are such an important part of our life. Oh, yeah, definitely. And I think that's where this grief and loss comes in because we have such a strong connection with our pets. And I just feel like now people are so much more outspoken about that pain that they go through when they lose a pet. I even follow an account on TikTok. I can't remember what it's called, but it's called like Nine Lives or something. This woman, she made the account specifically because she lost her two cats and the pain was so overwhelming. She didn't know what to do with it. So she made a TikTok account all about the loss of her pets, the loss of her cats, and her page is all about grief and just the comments. So many people could relate to this and really it resonates with so many people. So I'm going to link that in the show notes because it's such a powerful page and just her posts like just bring me to tears and it's just so raw and emotional. So people are definitely more outspoken about the loss of their pets now and how that impacts them. And I know a few people that, you know, have lost pets and it just has so deeply impacted them and, it, it could be years and it's it's very similar to the loss of, you know, somebody in your human family and your human right. life, you know, a family yes. member or whatnot. It's very, the feelings are very similar. So mm-hmm. for you, my question, my first question for you is what kind of feelings come up for people when it comes to the loss of a pet? I can give you a really good example because I just recorded an episode of my podcast, the story of my pet um, earlier today. And my guest was talking about several of her cats that she has lost over the years. And several of them, two of them had cancer and she had to go through these treatments and 
all the things and then one of them died suddenly and they didn't expect it. And as she's talking about these experiences, I felt the emotion welling up inside myself. And I started to think about my two cats that I've lost over the last five years, even though it's been that long, as soon as she started talking, it's like all the emotions that I had felt when I lost them came back to me. All of that is absolutely normal. I think the first thing I like to say to people is what you are feeling is completely natural and normal. Most research shows that when you measure the depression, the anxiety, the sadness, the overwhelming with the loss of a pet versus the loss of a family member or a friend, it's often the same or more for someone who's lost a pet. If you think about it, we spend only a certain amount of time with some of our family. Maybe we see them once a week or once a month or some people even less than that. Not that that loss isn't huge and so important. You have to remember you spend every day with your pet. You take care of them when they're sick. You may have brought them up as a baby. I had two cats that I bottle fed. So I've literally taken care of them since they were two weeks old. All of those natural, normal grief emotions happen to us when we have one of our pets taken from us. Oh, yeah, definitely. Would you mind sharing a little bit more about the two cats that you've lost? I grew up with only dogs. I've always loved dogs. We've always had dogs. My favorite movies growing up were Lady and the Tramp and 101 Dalmatians. But as an adult, I started getting some experience with cats because of friends that I had that have cats. On my 21st, my 25th birthday, I went to the local shelter and adopted a kitten with a little fur ball, literal fur ball. And that kitten became my first cat. Some may say my sole cat, Jack. Jack and I became very bonded. He was a very social cat. He loved it when we had people over. He, I even took him places. I'd take him to my parents' house, to friends' house. He just loved being the center of attention. He ignited my passion and love for cats. When I had him, I realized, like, I am a cat. Like, they love to sleep all day. <laughs> they love to snuggle under blankets. You know, it was just such an eye-opening thing for me once I realized how amazing they were. And because of Jack, I have since rescued and adopted three more cats. Unfortunately, in 2018, I lost Jack. Um, he was almost 16 years old. Several years before that, about three or four years, he was diagnosed with kidney disease. So I had to have him on a special diet and things like that, which he really responded well to. But it was still, you know, a lot more vet visits, having to buy the more expensive food and all of that stuff. So you start dealing with them even more. And at the time, I was actually, I live in Central California, but I was commuting to a job in Los Angeles. So during the week, I would actually take Jack with me and he would stay in the little on-campus apartment I had. So then during those weeks, it was just the two of us again, like in the very beginning. And so I think that just bonded us even more. And then unfortunately, after several years, he started declining again. Um, I did everything I could. I even gave him IVs at home, which was very difficult. And then unfortunately, one day without any warning, I woke up and he was not doing well. I rushed him to the vet and unfortunately, he'd had a blood clot move from his lungs to his brain. You know, we put him to sleep immediately so he wouldn't suffer. So it was really an overwhelming thing for me in many ways. One, I didn't expect it, even though he'd been sick and I'd been taking care of him. There were no signs, you know, that day or the day before that something was wrong. He was my first cat. I'd lived alone with him, had him before I got married and all of that. And so it was definitely a very difficult time. At first, I was just in shock. Luckily, I had my other cats and they really helped me. But I definitely had a lot of overwhelming sadness and, you know, wish I'd done this, wish I'd spent more time. But now I'm able to look back and just be so happy that I had all that time with him. 16 years is a long time. And he was such a great cat. And he, you know, really opened my heart in ways I never knew were possible. I always was an animal lover, but he opened a whole new world to me. And he made me a cat mom. And I'll be a cat mom till the day I die. Oh, great. Thank you for sharing that. And so did you, 
experience because he was older he was almost 16 and you know had the ivs and everything did were you experiencing any anticipatory grief at all yes definitely like i said he was he wasn't sick but you know kidney disease is something he battled for several years and so i had to watch his weight and you know give him special food and then when i had to start giving him ivs that was very difficult to do because he didn't like it and all of that so i would say those last few years and especially probably the last six months before he passed away I definitely felt anticipatory grief. And for those of you that don't know what that is, is it's a type of grief that occurs before a loss has actually happened. It's like our bodies are physically and mentally preparing ourselves for a loss we know is eventual, but is even more imminent than maybe we it was, you know, the day before or the year before. It's the same thing we go through when a loved one is going through a difficult illness or has received a terminal diagnosis. You know, we start having all of the emotional responses we will once they've passed, but it all starts coming on before they've even gone. So it can really impact our day-to-day -day life, even though they're still with us. Thank you for explaining that. And that's, you know, as I said, that's kind of the stage I'm in right now. Uh, my cat Lily is around 16 and I've had her since she's around four. She was a stray that I took home yeah, it's just, it's been really hard and just, um, she's had so many medical issues and she has these different issues with her ears. So she was on a steroid and then that made her, that made her become diabetic. So we were doing insulin yes. every day, but then she was in remission and we didn't know. So then her blood sugar dropped too low and then she went blind and it's just, there's so many issues. She has really bad arthritis and she has a really hard time walking. There's pet stairs all over our house. And it's just that anticipatory grief is, is really hard. And just looking at your pet and knowing that your time is running out is really hard. It's really hard. It is really hard. And I think even the stress of taking care of them and having to watch them and, you know, know they're in pain or wonder if they're in pain and just all those unknowns that we can't ask the pet, like, are you okay today? What do you need? It makes it very difficult. At least when we have a person, that person can say, yes, I need that, or no, I don't want that. But it's even worse. You you feel helpless. You try all the things. But then even like you said, um, I had the same thing happen with a dog when I was growing up. He was on a medication for epilepsy. And in the end, it caused him to develop diabetes and then his organs failed. So it's such a you know domino effect when you're dealing with health issues and medication and treatment that that part can be almost more stressful than the actual loss of the animal because you're worried about finances, you're having to take time off, you're having to get him to the vet more regularly. All those things can be just so overwhelming. Oh, yeah. And just financially, Lily is just killing us. She's She costs us and she has um, like gum issues. So we just had to bring her to the dentist and I was putting it off because she's older and I was just nervous about the anesthesia. So I was like, having extensive talks with the vet and he assured me it would be okay but the it was like $1,500 and just she always has a big medical issue we almost had to put her down last year and she was in the ER uh, the emergency vet for a few days and that was thousands of dollars so yeah it gets very expensive and then just you know she's like you said too she's on a special diet she was on the um the insulin for her diabetes and it just it gets very expensive and then just but all day it's you know she's on the special food and she you know we have to pick her up and put her down and worry about you know she's blind now so she one day she fell off the bed and i panicked and it's just it's so stressful and i think a part of you know i felt really guilty but i actually i did go to a pet loss and anticipatory loss support group we were talking about something that i think a lot of people don't talk about but almost like the relief in a way and i i know yes. that when lily passes away i'm just i i'm gonna lose it you know i said i joked with mark i was like i'm saving all my sick days because i know i'm gonna be out of work for a long time but it's gonna be really hard but i think a part of me is gonna be relieved because just the stress of it. I'm always worried about her. If she makes a strange noise, if she looks different, if she is in her bed all day, I just start panicking and I'm always checking on her and making sure she's breathing. And then, but then just taking care of her is so hard. It takes so much time and energy. And it's, I, I just think that when I don't have to take care of her anymore, I'm going to miss it, but also be relieved at the same time. 
Absolutely. I think that is so common. And that's common for caregivers of any kind, whether you're caring for a family member or a pet, you're going through so much physically, mentally, financially, when it comes to medical bills, that there is this part of you thinks, oh, you know, how much easier will it be when this is over? And then the guilt comes on that you're thinking that it'll be easy when they're gone and you, but you don't want them gone. And so there's just so many different emotional dynamics to that process. And I think it's great that you sought out a grief group because I think that's what so many people need to do, but they're afraid to do. They're afraid to admit something's wrong or they think people think it's silly that they're talking about their pet who is sick and maybe dying, but it's not. All grief is valid and it's important. Being able to talk to others about it and share your story is one of the best ways to help yourself relieve the feelings you're having. And also, it can be so empowering to hear other people say the same things and you're like, I'm not alone. I'm not crazy. Everybody feels this way. All of those processes are so important to help us, but in turn, it also helps our pets because if we're helping ourselves feel better about the process, then we can be a better cat mom or dog dad to them. Oh yeah, definitely. And I was really nervous to go to the the group and I had actually put it off for a few weeks. They meet every week. It was in my calendar and I kept every week crossing it out because I just, I didn't really want to go. I didn't want to talk about it. I didn't really want to face it. I didn't want to feel stupid. I knew I was going to cry. I didn't want to cry in front of strangers. But one day I just, you know, Lily had a hard day and I was like, I just have to go. I just, you know, it was hard on me. It was hard on her. And I, you know, so I went and I actually felt so much better afterwards. And, you know, it was hard to go, but it was definitely worth it. And I was genuinely surprised about how much better I felt after going. Right. You know, it's the same thing I had an experience with my own mom, not with a pet, but my dad passed away five years ago and it's been very difficult for her. She, they were married for 50 years. And, you know, I, myself, I have a doctorate in psychology. I know about grief. I know how it works, all these things. And I would try to tell her like, it's okay. This is normal to feel this way. Everyone feels this way. But it wasn't until she went to a grief group with other widows when she heard them say the same things, then she finally felt like it's okay that I feel this guilt that I don't have to take care of them every day, all day long anymore. Sometimes that is what is most important. You just have to have that connection with someone who has or is going through exactly what you you're dealing with. That's why I really do promote grief coaching and groups. It's something that I do. And I really think it's really important for people in all different types of grief. But for me personally, i do group coaching for pet loss because there is still a stigma. People, why well, can't take time off work? They think I'm crazy. It was just a cat, but it wasn't just a cat. It was your whole life, your family. So I think group coaching and things like that is one of the most powerful tools for us to help with our grief. Oh, yes, I agree. And so something that I was really struggling with is, you know, Lily's had all these medical issues and it seems like once a year that she like almost dies and we have to rush, rush her to the emergency vet in the middle of the night. Um, she always has some sort of um, issue. And something that, you know, my boyfriend and I have really been struggling with is, you know, when is the right time? How do we know when it's right. time? Because I don't want her to be suffering. Our regular vet already gave us a list of like, at-home euthanasia place, you know, vets that come to your house and that's what we want to do. And it's just, we don't know. We've had so many discussions. When is the right time? How do we know when it's the right time? And like you said before, I just want to be able to ask her, like, do you want to go now? You know, are you in pain? And something that I found really helpful, I just looked up, I was Googling, like, how do you know when it's the right time? And, you know, I was just doing all this like deep dive and I found a few actually um, inventory surveys that we fill out from time to time that just tracks how your pet is doing. And it lets you know, actually at the end of taking it, you add up like your points or your numbers or whatever, and it lets you know, whatever range they're in like so where in the range it says the last time we did it said um it's not time yet but it's getting close those have been really helpful for us and we actually said the other night that it's past due we need to fill those out again um so i'll include those in the show notes too for anybody that's kind of in that stage you don't know if it's the right time or not you know we don't want to take her too soon but we don't want her to end up in the place where oh it's time we have to rush to the vet you know we want to do it before she's suffering too much and 
I just right. struggle with knowing when, and that's my biggest question. I'm like, I want to know when I want, I want her to tell me the day that she needs to go. And so th right. those have been really helpful. Yeah, no, I think those are great, especially someone, maybe if you don't have a partner or you live alone with your pets and you don't really have that person to talk to, you know, to say, well, what do you think? What do you think we should do? Doing something like that is a good, like, okay, okay. She's doing okay. I feel a little better or whatever it is. What I often say to people, and I do think those inventories are great, but something that I say is I feel as though our pets tell us, at least that's how I have felt with my experience with my other cat. I lost Cosmo. He was having different issues for a while. We never, all of his blood work was always normal, but we couldn't figure out why, you know, he would go to the bathroom where he shouldn't and other issues. His paws weren't clean and he was always like crystal clean. <laughs> so we knew something was wrong when I would find clumped up cat litter in his paws because he wasn't cleaning them and all these different things. And eventually he kept getting worse. And we finally found out that he had tumors. He had some type of GI cancer. And at that point it was like, well, what do I do? I'd have to go to an oncologist and all of this. And he was 13 and I could tell there, you know, he was suffering somewhat already, but he was still eating and, and doing everything else that he usually did. After we found out about that, I, I said, I'm going to take the weekend and see what happens. And I spent the whole weekend with him in bed. He, he was my cuddler. He, if I sat down, he was on my lap. I just had this moment where he laid with me and he kept moving around, moving around, which was not him. He would curl under a blanket and sleep for hours and hours and hours, sometimes days. <laughs> And he just kept moving and moving. And then he turned and he just laid down on my chest and he just looked at me. And it was this like, I need you to help me. I can't do it anymore. I'm in pain. It, it was just the weirdest moment that it's hard. Maybe people think I'm crazy, but I felt him telling me like, okay, I can't do it anymore. So I finished the weekend spending my time with him, feeding him every human food he ever wanted. And then we took him to the vet and my husband and I were with him when we, he passed away. And it was so hard for me because again, he, I was very bonded to him. But for me in that situation, I was starting to see him suffer. He was having trouble going to the bathroom. You could tell he'd lost weight and just different things that weren't normal for him. And so for me, it was really just watching those for those signs things that were different. I like to tell pet parents that you're the best person to know how your pet is doing because you know what normal looks like for them. You're going to see something the vet's not going to see. Like you may say, oh, they're not looking as much. Oh, it's fine. No, it's not fine. You don't understand. They're an obsessive cleaner. <laughs> so if they're not doing that, something's not right. We are the best advocate for our pets. And that includes asking for second opinions, seeking out alternative treatment options, but also advocating when we realize, it, you know, it's time to stop other treatments and we think they're suffering or they're uncomfortable. And that's a job we take on when we adopt or rescue a pet, but it's also our duty to our, our family member to take care of them at their most important moment in their life. Oh, yes. And no, I don't think you're crazy at all. I've, I've actually heard that from people that they just know like their pet tells them when it's time. And I agree, like, you know, your pet better than anyone. I've heard similar things with parents of human children that they know something's wrong and the doctor will say no, like, you know, everything's coming back fine. Like, you know, your kid, you know, your pet, you know, your fur baby, you know, when something is off. So yeah, right. that's, that's really good advice. Another story that kind of goes along with it, but it's not a pet. I use my dad as an example lot when I'm dealing with grief because you can't say one grief is better or worse or harder or less difficult. So I like to explain to people when I talk about grief of a pet, it's like talking about the loss of a person. And the most recent loss I had was my father. He was so strong. He was 94 and a half when he passed away. So he was a very wow. strong willed person. Yes. Wow. <laughs> And it was really only probably the last two or three years before where he got to the point where he couldn't do the things he always did. But in the end, he really was suffering. There was a morning that I guess he sat down with my mom and, and she told us later that he said that he finally said to her, I just can't fight anymore. I don't have anything left. And that was very difficult for her to say. But 
36 hours later, he passed away. And he'd been alive very long, been through a lot of, he hadn't been through huge illnesses like cancer or anything, but he'd struggled with his lungs his whole life. So he was always battling that, but he always pushed through. But just like any person or pet, there's a point at which we realize we get that feeling. And for him, he had it and he knew he had to tell her so that she knew what was happening. Sometimes our pets are able to help us see that too. Now, it doesn't always happen. Like my example earlier with my Jack, you know, I'd been doing everything for him and he was doing okay. And then one day he was gone and that was shocking. That was so hard and you can't plan for that. But if you're in a situation and you feel as though your pet is trying to tell you they need help or whatever it may be, it's the best thing is to try and listen to them and advocate for what's best for them. Oh, definitely. And I know that could be such a difficult decision and so hard for people. So before and after the loss. So can you share some ways that fur parents can cope with the loss of their pet? I would say there's so many more options now today than there used to be because it is so much more common and maybe socially acceptable to share when we've lost a pet. Obviously the most common ones are when we post a picture or videos of our pet on social media and share their story with our friends and our sadness over losing them, things like that. But there's so many other ways we can do it that are personal to us. I personally, both of our cats, we had cremated and I have them each in boxes with their names on it. And I keep them in my bedroom because that's where they spent the most time with me in bed. (laughs) And so I have them with pictures of both of them next to them. And it just makes me happy that they're there and I can even tap on them and say hi to them. And it makes me feel complete that they're still with us. Some people do that and and bury them in their yards, Um, especially if there's a cat that really loved going outside and spending time in nature, whether it was supervised or on a leash or whatever it is. Sometimes you do that. Um, It's also great. I've known people to plant trees, special trees or a new flower or a new bush in their yard as a memorial to their dog or cat, especially if there's some place that they always spend a lot of time. Um, I know when I was growing up, we had a dog that we had him cremated and we buried him in our backyard. And the most amazing thing happened is this new flowery bush just emerged and it's grown so huge and completely overtaken that area. And it just blooms every year. And that's where we buried my champ. And it just, it's this amazing way that nature knows and it just makes it an even more special place. Things we can do outside of that We can memorialize our pets in photos, framed photos, larger portraits. There's so many amazing artists who do specifically pet portraits. I had one on my podcast. She is amazing and she does watercolors. She does line drawing. She does um, really amazing, fancy portraits. And that's such a way to keep them with you and have something special that you'll always be able to have sitting on your desk or on the wall at home. There's also a lot of jewelry options. I just learned about someone who makes jewelry out of whiskers. I'd never heard that before. You can actually do it when you still have your cat. Any kind of fallen whiskers you find, you collect them and send them to her, or you ask the vet before your animal maybe is cremated and they take some of the whiskers and you send them to her and she creates this amazing piece of jewelry using their whiskers. I know there's jewelry you can use, some of the ashes to create jewelry, images of them, their paw print. I know both times I lost my cat, my vet took paw prints of both my cats and included it when I picked up them after they'd been cremated. And that was so special because it wasn't something I'd ever done for them. You can turn those into paintings. People make ornaments out of them. I feel like there's endless possibilities now, and I think it's important for each person to pick something that means something to them that is meaningful to them and their pet and the relationship they had with their pet. And you can do more than one thing. You can also hold a ceremony. Um, Someone I spoke to recently talked about their pet that they had had Instagram account of the cat. And when he passed away, so many people wanted to come together and celebrate him that they had a celebration of life in her backyard and people from all over came and they just celebrated cat and all of their cats and dogs and it was really just a beautiful celebration of the love that our pets give to us 
Oh, thank you for sharing those. I love those ideas. So not only is it a way to kind of cope with your grief and express it in a healthy way, but it's such a nice way to honor your pet as well and celebrate their life. I love that. And one thing I didn't mention that I I found people doing too, you often see this with humans when we lose someone and you say in lieu of flowers, donate to an organization. That's a great way to honor your pet is to make a donation to a shelter or a rescue group or some type of nonprofit that helps animals. And you can make it in their name. And some, some of the organizations will even put it up on their website or on social media. So that's another great thing you can do. Oh, that is great. Yeah, I, I really love that. I've seen that too, those in lieu of and people donate to the shelter. And that's that's really nice. I saw a video uh, one day that this woman posted that there was a sign in her lobby in the apartment. I might be getting this wrong. It was a while ago, but this woman saw a note in the lobby of her apartment building and there were all these like dog toys and dog food and dog bowls and there was a note with a picture of the dog and it said that their their dog had passed away and they wanted anybody who could enjoy their toys for it to you know pass on so the woman took um, one of the dog's toys that had passed away and gave it to her dog so that was that was really sweet it, it, the that video is made really me sweet yeah so it was so heartwarming and sad at the same time absolutely oh that's yeah. so nice yeah so I know we've talked a lot about, you know, pet loss and grief and anticipatory grief, but what do you wish that people knew about pet loss? I think I said it before, but I always like to say pet loss and the feelings you have around it, before it, after it, whatever your journey has been is completely natural and normal. Not everyone may understand. Not everyone is a fur mom um, or a pet parent, but the best thing is to find the people that do find your tribe, your, whether it's your cat people, your dog people, or whatever it may be. Talk about it to people, you know, who are going to understand because there may be some people that don't, but that's okay. It's completely normal and completely natural. And it's important for you to face the grief because sometimes we can get stuck in grief and we don't even realize it. And until we, consciously deal with it whatever that may be whatever it may be in terms of getting rid of their favorite bed donating it or whatever it is is going to make the step make it feel better for you whether it's talking to someone about it or joining a grief group or having a celebration or having someone paint a photo allow yourself to feel it so you can move through it and then you can honor that pet in any way but also realize that sometimes pet loss doesn't hit us right away, just like any loss, especially if we've been taking care of them and they've been sick. We may feel that relief and, oh, they're not in pain anymore and it's okay. Six months later, out of nowhere, we're, we're hit with overwhelming grief. And that's okay. That's normal. All of our bodies work differently. And sometimes it takes time for us to even feel the grief, let alone process it. So I always tell people, give yourself a break. It's okay to feel these things. It's absolutely normal. But if you become overwhelmed and feel like you can't handle it yourself anymore, please reach out to someone, whether it's a friend or a family member or finding an online grief group or reading a grief book, whatever it may be, please find that for yourself so that you can help yourself process it. Oh, definitely. I agree. Yeah. Thank you for that. Sometimes we do need some extra support and that's totally okay. There's nothing wrong with that. And, you know, like we've been saying, there's just so many more options now, so much more support out there. People are much more understanding and empathetic and can really resonate with that idea of that grief. People really understand it now a lot more than they used to, I think. And so, yeah, definitely. I agree. Reach out to others and people who could relate and people who could support you and be there for you. Right. You know, and there's even, there's a lot of podcasts out there that are all around grief. Those are great things to use too. Maybe, you know, someone with the podcast, say, Hey, can I come on your podcast and share my story? And that'll help you feel better. It's actually one of the reasons I started my podcast because when I say telling the stories of our pets, I'm talking about all of them. You know, I've just did an episode about the dog I had when I was five years old because all of those things remain a part of us and a part of who we are as we get older and the family we create and the pets we adopt and all of that. So it's all important information, 
we should feel free to share it with each other because, you know, they're just amazing memories in the end. Definitely. And like I said earlier before, too, I definitely have saved sick time from my job because I just know that, you know, eventually when Lily does pass and it's, you know, it's coming up soon. I don't know when, but it's, you know, it's impending. I definitely am going to have to take a lot of time off of work. So I would say that to people as well. If you can take time off of work, you know, take that time and it's okay to just be in bed for a while and let all those emotions out. And, you know, that's totally okay. And something that I've been seeing a lot of online too, because it's just been so much more in the media, social media, just getting more accepted in our society is that a lot more people have been talking about the idea of bereavement time from work for pet loss. I mean, that's something that I think would be so important and really beneficial to people because imagine losing your pet at night and then you have to go to work the next day. I mean, that's so incredibly hard and not everybody has sick time from their jobs. Not everybody has that PTO. So I think including pets in bereavement time would be really important for people. People need that time to process that grief. And like you said, it's not good to just stuff it away. We have to face that grief and we have to have that time to express it and release it. And if we're at work the day our pet passes away, you know, we're not able to grieve in a healthy way. Absolutely. That is, it's such an important thing. I talked about when I lost my Cosmo and I had spent the weekend with him. I had to take Monday off saying, you know, we're making decisions. We don't know what's going to happen. And so I had to use my paid time off for that because I had bereavement leave, but it only covered humans. And I think it's such an important thing. Like we've talked about so many more people are not having children and their pets are their kids. There are babies and it's become an becoming so much more normal that, you know, companies are starting to look at that. Right now, there are no federal regulations around it, but especially after the pandemic, when so many more people adopted pets and people became more bonded to the pets they already had, that a lot of companies are starting to look at it because they know it's difficult and people need time off because they're not going to be productive at work when they're dealing with such a huge loss. Not a lot of companies do it yet, but it's definitely something to bring up to people and talk about it. And the more we talk about it, I think the more companies are going to start doing it. There are some companies, oftentimes pet-based companies, that do offer one to two days bereavement leave that's still fairly uncommon. Like I said before, everyone considers their pets their family. And sometimes that emotional loss of a pet can be even more overwhelming than other losses they may feel because that pet is with them every day, all day long. They've been taking care of them, all of these things that it can actually be more difficult to deal with than other changes in their life. Like you said, even those of us that have paid time off or sick leave, we only get so much of it. And so in some places I've heard actually will say, well, you can't use your sick time because your cat died. So I think companies are becoming more aware and understanding. And I think the more we talk about it and put it out there, maybe the more change we can make happen. But people should know that they just need to be honest of what they're going through and they're having a hard time and that they need the time off because of it. Yes, I agree with you. I think the more we talk about it, that companies are going to start doing it. And it's it's just something that's definitely needed. And I know that seems like very progressive to have days off of work for you know right. passing away i know that might sound extreme but when you right. really understand it and go through it then i think you realize that it is needed but like you said you know we never we're not always going to know when it's going to happen and it could happen in the middle of the night or whatever it may be and we need to be at work i think we need to have some kind of common ground where it's like it's okay that i can't make it to work today i just had to you know put my my pet to sleep And so I think it is really creating that community of understanding and being more compassionate to people and what they're going through. But we also just need to be compassionate with everybody and what we're all going through. And and pets have just become this even bigger, more important part of our life. We have to advocate for ourselves just like we advocate for our pets and, and doing what's right for them. Definitely. And so one thing I want to ask you too is something I hear all the time from people is 
either they say, you know, when my, when this dog passes away, you know, I'll never get another pet again, or those people that, you know, their pet has passed away and they say, oh, I, you know, it's just the grief is so overwhelming or they're, it's, it's so painful. They can't imagine going through this again. So I hear a lot of people say my cat died, my dog died. I'm, I can't ever get a pet again. It's too painful. They're scared of those emotions and they really are. They're powerful and they're, they're painful. Even for me, I was supposed to take my cat Jingles when I was up at college and I was supposed to take my cat Jingles. And like a week before I was going to bring him to my apartment with me, um, he passed away in my sister's bed. It was like a year later or two years later that I found Lily as a stray and I took her home with me and she became my cat. And my sister was so mad at me. And I remember her saying like, how could you? How dare you? What about Jingles? And she was so mad that I was able to get another pet. So some people just, they really feel like they can't get another pet. They're scared to get another pet. They don't want to get attached. They don't want to go through that again. So what do you say to those people? Well, there's a few things I would say. First, everybody's different. Some people need another pet or a new pet sooner than later because that pet will help them with their grief process. You know, I know for me, my pets have helped me through health issues, through emotional issues, through job loss. So for some people getting a pet is, you know, it's just natural and that's what they want to do and need to do. But not everybody does. I know people who have have lost a pet and have never gotten a pet. I know my parents, we lost our last dog. They both said, especially right now, I'm never doing that again. It's too hard, mostly the emotional part. And I always thought, oh, they'll get another one. They've always had dogs, but they never did. I think for one thing, we shouldn't put our opinions off on other people. I know that sounds funny. You know, what was right for you was to get another pet. You found a a kitten in need and you wanted to save them. Maybe what was right for your sister was she wasn't ready or she didn't want to have to deal with the responsibility. But in the end, what I always say is never say never because we never know where our life is going to take us in general. And you never know when the right pet might just come into your life. You know, you want to be open for different opportunities. I know when I was home, I was dealing with some health issues. We had three cats at the time. And all of a sudden I heard this little cry in our backyard. And I found a tiny baby kitten stuck in our fence. He'd been left behind by his feral mom. And of course I took him in. I was going to take care of him and got attached. My husband was said we he would have never let us get a fourth cat. But the day he came home and I had showed him the new kitten I found, I said, well, I don't know what I'm going to do. He goes, oh, we're keeping it. (laughs) You know, you never know in what way a pet may enter your life, a new pet or an additional pet. But after the loss of a pet, just give yourself grace. If you want to memorialize that amazing cat, or dog by getting another one, by going to the shelter and rescuing another one to say, you know, they taught me what amazing love and adventures and good times I can have. Then that one difficult day in the end when I have to lose them is worth the years of amazing days and the connection and the bond that we have. And so I think that's what's important for people to remember in the moment of the grief. It may seem overwhelming, but in the end, you'll realize, you know, It's difficult, it sucks, (laughs) but it's worth it because we got to spend all that time with those amazing creatures. Oh yeah, so true. And it it is really hard and I would say, I agree. You know, definitely give yourself time, give yourself grace. And if you never get another pet, that's okay. And if it's something that you do wanna do, but you're scared, that's okay too. And it's okay to work through that fear, honor that fear, recognize that fear. And that's totally okay. And it's understandable. It is scary. Those emotions are so big. They're so powerful. They're so painful. So I definitely understand not wanting to go through that again, that it is really scary. So like you said, everybody's different and all those feelings are completely valid. And sometimes, you know, you may be unsure or trepidatious about getting a new pet there are a lot of rescue groups and shelters that will let you do a foster to adopt 
you can bring the pet into your home and spend a few days or a few weeks with them and see if it's the right fit. And in a way, you can also see if you're ready to take on the responsibility of a new pet. So that's one way you can test it out after the loss of a pet if you're still unsure about adopting a new pet at that point. Oh, yeah, I fully agree. I always recommend fostering. I think it's a great way to get your fur baby fix without adopting, too, if you did want to just foster. But also something you could do is, too, if you don't want to foster, you could just volunteer with the shelter, go in and visit with the animals, socialize with them. So there are definitely ways that you could definitely get your little fur baby fix in without, (laughs) you know, committing to adopting one if that's too much for you as well. Absolutely. Oh, great. Well, Julie, this has been such a great conversation. I feel like I could talk about this with you all night. <laughs> but I, I think we could. <laughs> definitely could. Thank you so much. Can you share with everybody where they can find you? And can you also give them information about the pet loss support that you provide? Yes. Yeah, so you can find me on Facebook and Instagram. Um, you can follow my podcast, which is the story of my pet. It's available on all streaming for podcasts. And I have an Instagram account for it at the story of my pet podcast. Also on Instagram, I have an account at life coaching with Dr. Julie, and that is my coaching page. And that is where I post information about all of my pet parent coaching, including my pet loss group grief coaching. So that's a program you can become a part of. We offer weekly group coaching for other people who have lost a pet. And also um, I have a membership that's going to be opening soon. And one of the benefits of being in that group is there will be a pet loss and grief coaching call once a month in that group. So you can get all of that information on my Instagram. You can also follow Life Coaching with Dr. Julie on Facebook as well. Awesome. And everyone, I'm going to include all of those in the show notes. So definitely go check out Julie. Julie, thank you so much for being here today. And anyone, if you are having a hard time with your pet loss or the anticipatory loss, please feel free to reach out to me or Julie and inquire about the support she provides. I'm sure that I could speak for Julie as well. We'd both be more than happy to talk with you. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. I really enjoyed this conversation. Yes, thank you. All right. That was a great, great conversation, but it was heavy. I honestly was fighting back tears the whole time. I was trying to hold them in because it's so emotional just being in this stage right now with Lily and just knowing that my time is ending with her. It was hard to talk about. It was really great, a great conversation, but I was definitely feeling emotional. I hope that you loved listening to this conversation as much as I loved talking with Julie. I think pet loss and grief is something that we need to be talking about because so many of us experience it. And it's hard. It's really hard. Thank you so much for being here and listening to this important conversation that is so near and dear to my heart. Definitely go check out Julie. All the links are in the show notes. And if you want to dive into this topic deeper, make sure you follow me on Instagram at the Wellness Project with Des, as well as join my Facebook group because I have a blog all about pet loss and grief. I will include that in the show notes. But also this week, we're having some great conversations in my Facebook group about pet loss and grief. And on Instagram and in my group, I have some great graphics with information, ways to honor your pet, the feelings you may be experiencing when it comes to the loss of your pet. And Julie is making some guest appearances in my group as well. She's going to have some great posts with more information. So if you want more, make sure to join my group or follow me on Instagram. And Julie and I even talked about possibly going live in my group about this topic. So definitely check that out as well. Thanks so much for being here and I will talk to you next week.